Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 149. What's the meaning of life? How big is space? How much does a Royal Caribbean cruise cost? These are the questions that humanity has pondered, and I can at least help with one of those three questions. Figuring out how much a Royal Caribbean cruise will cost, or thereabouts, can be challenging to figure out, but this week, we will look at what goes into the total cost of a cruise to help you get a better sense of what to expect financially when you want to book your first or next Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. I think if you're brand new to cruising, whether it's Royal Caribbean or just cruising in general, one of the most common questions that is out there is, Matt, how much is a Royal Caribbean cruise going to cost? And it's one of the hardest questions to answer because it the answer is it depends. It depends on so many factors, and you can't give a, a even a ballpark answer, right? Because a three night cruise on Majesty of the Seas is totally going to differ from a you know twelve night Scandinavian cruise in Europe, right? On on any ship, it, 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 the prices vary so much from season to season, sailing to sailing, ship to ship, that it's kind of hard sometimes to get a good sense of what the real cost will be. But of course. You know, because everyone has different tastes, preferences, and spending habits, it's important to also have a little bit of an exercise in figuring out how much the cruise will cost you. Because, of course, you don't want to enter into any situation where you potentially could spend more money than you can afford to spend on a vacation. And it is important to have a good understanding of what the core costs of a cruise are and give yourself really an idea of what to expect. So in today's episode, I want to give you a quick guide for getting a general sense of what a cruise will cost you when it's all said and done. Now, Royal Caribbean cruises are a great value, and I think everybody can have a wonderful time on there that's very affordable and enjoyable. It's really all about what you want and what you're looking to get out of it. So let's start with the most important, the most basic thing about a Royal Caribbean cruise, the actual cruise fare. This is the easiest thing to figure out, but it's also just the beginning, right? And the easiest is really, if you're talking about budgeting, let's start with the cruise fare. And it's really up to you. The cruise fare is going to depend on so much of what you're interested in, right? Are you interested in a short cruise? Are you interested in a long cruise? Are you interested in a cruise to Bermuda? Are you interested in a cruise to Alaska? Are you interested in going to China? There's so many different options and stateroom categories. But this is the core of your your price. And quite honestly, it's probably going to be, unless you go crazy in some of the other categories we're going to talk about, probably going to be your most expensive option that's out there. Now, your cruise fare will include your accommodations for the duration of the cruise. Your It will include complimentary food and drink. You have the options we'll talk about a little later to add more on to that. But you theoretically could go on the cruise, spend nothing extra, and be fed and have a place to sleep and be entertained, quite honestly, and not have to pay anything extra on top of it. So, this is the basic fare, and this is really where you're going to start with. And when you're trying to come up with a cruise budget, I think it's important to have a ballpark idea. If you're, if you're, whether you're getting a spreadsheet in front of you or you just have a, a napkin you're jotting down numbers on, this is where you're going to start, and this is where you're going to get a good idea of your of your fare. And then when we're talking about fares, of course, pricing and sales and promotions come up. People say, "Well, aren't there?" I've heard about Royal Caribbean promotions and sales and deals. How do I figure all that stuff out? Well, the answer is it depends, again, on what's of interest to you. Are there sales and promotions? Yes. Usually, Royal Caribbean offers promotions almost all the time. It's very rare there isn't a promotion or deal going on. I will add that each promotion can vary in terms of who benefits most from it. Sometimes there are promotions that benefit really just two people going in one room, whereas there can be promotions that vary that 
really are great for people that have three or four passengers in one room. It depends. And and promotions are region-specific, so what's available in the United States or Canada will differ from what's available in New Zealand or the UK or Germany or anywhere else in the world. So keep in mind what promotions are available at any given time are region-specific, so make sure you read those terms and conditions to what's available to you. But the bottom line is the base cost of your cruise fare is where you're going to start when you're planning a cruise budget and figuring out how much a Royal Caribbean cruise will cost. Now, that's the basics of it. Unfortunately, that's not where it ends. This is only the beginning because there's a lot more that goes into figuring out your cruise fare. Let's start with transportation. How are you going to get to the cruise, right? Odds are you don't live within walking distance of the cruise port. If you do, you're a very lucky person, and you probably see quite a bit of cruises that are out there. The two most common ways you're going to get to your your cruise are either by flying or by driving. And driving can be your own private vehicle. It could be a taxi. It could be an Uber. It could be a limo. It could be your buddy that you managed to talk into driving you to the port. Uh, it, it'll really depend. But again, this is another fairly easy one to figure out in terms of transportation costs because if you're flying, well, you'll be able to figure out, okay, how much is it going to cost for my airfare? How much is it going to cost to park my car at the airport and baggage fees and, and that kind of stuff, you know, and, and getting uh, that kind of cost down there. If you're talking about a transportation in terms of driving, don't forget also, you know, things like the taxi rental car or a car service to get you from the airport to the port or if you're driving how much is it going to cost you to you know for gas to spend to drive to a particular port from your home how much is it going to cost for the rental car you know cost the parking fees um you you definitely want to figure all that in also don't forget to factor in a hotel cost if you're staying the night before cruise i always recommend folks If you're flying or traveling to a cruise port, basically that means if you are far enough away that you cannot drive to the port the day of your cruise, your best bet is to get in at least one day earlier for your cruise. Two good reasons. Number one, well, it starts your vacation earlier. (laughs) That's always a good reason. But number two, and more importantly, if there are any travel delays you experience, flight delays, traffic, weather delays, whatever, your car breaking down, you're not going to miss your cruise because of it. You give yourself time to get around those problems. So... Obviously, a hotel cost or giving your your buddy <laughs> a six pack of beers to, to sleep on their in their spare bedroom, whatever that cost is, there's an additional cost there. Now, another uh, way that cost factors into the total uh, price of a Royal Caribbean cruise is gratuities. Now, Royal Caribbean has a policy of automatic gratuities that will be deducted from your onboard account for each person in your party each evening. All Royal Caribbean sailings as of May 1st, 2016 have a gratuity rate of $13.50 per guest per day for junior suite, balcony, ocean view, and interior staterooms. For suite guests, which are grand suite and above, they will pay a rate of $16.50 per guest per day. So that's an additional cost that you can pay for the total cost of your cruise. Now, you can also prepay your gratuities online or via your travel agent and have that added to your cost before you before you sail away. So basically, you have the option of having it just automatically accrue on your CPAS account, where every day of your cruise, you'll see if you were to look at your balance of your CPAS account, you're going to see a daily charge there for gratuities, or you can prepay it and get it all out of the way. And the advantage of prepaying it is you get to two. There are two advantages. Number one, you lock in the gratuity rate at the time you prepay because Royal does increase the gratuities every year or so. It's not very much set in stone. It can vary. But they do increase from time to time, and by 
locking in your gratuity price now, you will guarantee you'll be grandfathered in essentially, and you won't have to pay the new rate if the rate were to change between now and your sailing date. But number two is it helps break up the total cost of your cruise. And I will tell you that regardless of how expensive your cruise is, it's always easier if the total cost of your cruise can be broken up, right? If you don't have, if you don't get hit with that final payment balance at the end of your cruise, it's it's a lot easier if you can, you know, spread out those payments. So prepaying gratuities for a lot of people does make a lot of sense. And basically all you have to do is multiply that gratuity amount I just mentioned by the amount of people in your party and how many nights your cruise is. And keep in mind that that gratuity rate is good for your stateroom attendant, your main dining room wait staff, right? There are there is additional gratuity that can be included beyond this. This is namely going to be bar bills if you're paying a la carte for drinks. Uh, porters in port, and obviously any shore excursions you do where you see the need or feel obligated to offer gratuity as well. Spa services is the other big one that there's a potential for additional gratuity beyond what we're talking about here. So uh, Now, these have all been really, I would say, pretty standard stuff to do. Now we're getting into more elective costs of the cruise. Now, I'm not saying you... You don't, you don't have to do any of these. I think it's very, very common for people to elect to do this. Now, how much you do, again, that's where it depends, right? And this is why it's so hard because up to this point, it's somewhat uh, simple or, or easier to figure out what the total cost of your cruise is. But now we're going to get into the how you cruise is going to dictate how much your Royal Caribbean cruise fare is going to cost. So let's start with food and drink. And if you're saying, wait a minute, Matt, I thought you said food and drinks were included in a Royal Caribbean cruise. And you are absolutely correct. Some food and drinks are included in your fare. But the reality is most people, most guests on board a Royal Caribbean ship opt to get more than just what's included. This can include sodas, beers, cocktails. Uh, This can include meals, especially restaurants. There's really a lot to choose from. And there are a ton of options out there. You have two basic options with both when it comes to uh, drinks and dining that costs extra. You can do it a la carte, meaning you decide on the cruise, kind of, hey, I will, I feel like a beer right now. Oh, you know, waiter, could I please get a beer? Okay. And they'll charge you the cost of the beer at that time, and, you know, you kind of accrue it as you go. The other option is to purchase a drink package where it will lock in the price of your drinks. So you'll be able to get essentially unlimited drinks for your cruise for a fixed price. Now, the other option also for specialty dining is the same thing. You can either just book specialty dining now or on board your ship and go enjoy it as you see fit, or you can opt for a dining package that offers you the option to, again, lock in that price of, instead of having unlimited, you have a set amount, but it helps bring down the total cost compared to buying it a la carte, meaning just showing up on the ship and be like, I'd like to eat a Chops Girl this night, and Sabor this night, and Izumi the other night. You know, potentially a dining package could have saved you money in that situation. The thing is, you need to do your research and figure out what's the best option for you. I will tell you that I've been running Royal Caribbean Block for many years, and I will tell you that there is no one single answer for everybody. I will tell you that a drink package or a dining package are not the right bet for everybody. In fact, there are options that make sense for some people and options that make sense, don't make sense. I, I'll give you – me personally, I don't get value out of the drink package based on how I drink on a Royal Caribbean cruise. I will tell you I can, I can cite a ton of people that I know, friends – and, and colleagues and, and folks that I know who will swear by the drink package and tell you it's the best deal out there. So you've got to figure out for yourself what goes into that and what's the best value. I'm going to check out our show notes at royalcrimmonblog.com. I will link to more information about these. 
it's a really – I think this is a discussion and a debate that can go back and forth very easily. It essentially comes down to – for the drink packages, I think it comes down to this answering this question. And I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to to what listen to what your gut reaction, the first thought that comes into your mind when I tell you for the drink packages, you'd have to drink about six drinks per day every day of your cruise to break even on a drink package. And if your first thought was, that's it, then the drink package is probably definitely for you. But if you thought to yourself, oh, six drinks, whoa, that's that's quite a bit, then maybe the drink package is not for you. So keep that in mind. The other thing, just like the gratuities, is you can prepay these, both the drink packages and the specialty dining, before your cruise, and that will help you, again, break up the total cost of your cruise. Now, I know we're trying to kind of figure out, answer that question, how much does a Royal Caribbean cruise cost? But at the same time, we're also trying to say, well, how can you make it more affordable? And I really do believe that breaking up the cost of your cruise is a way to make it more affordable, right? By spreading out those payments, not getting hit by a multi-thousand dollar bill, but instead, you know, having a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there, it does make it a whole lot easier to swallow. So whether it's the beverage packages or the restaurants, it's a good idea to book them in advance, again, to help break up the cost of your cruise and uh, help you plan. Because that's essentially, if you're getting to that step, you're planning, which is always a good idea, and have an idea of what to do. Now, of course, when you're on a Royal Caribbean cruise, arguably the destinations you're visiting as part of your cruise are just as impressive and fun and important as the cruise ship experience yourself. And boy, some of the places Royal Caribbean ships go these days are amazing. I mean, they go they go to the Caribbean, they go to Europe, they go to Alaska, they go to Australia, China, you know, and, and destinations all in between. There's a number of options you can do in any port. That can vary. I mean, you can go do see historical ruins. You can go sit at a bar. You can go on a catamaran. You can go see whales. You can, I mean, you can go to uh, visit, you know, important places of, of government. There are so many things you can do on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And what you want to do, wow, I mean, there's so much that goes into this, right? There's some people who never get off their off their ship. There's some people that they just explore like crazy. And even when you get off the ship and if you do a shore excursion, there are some excursions that just you know, uh, are, are literally maybe, you know, a couple, a dozen or, or two dozen dollars versus ones that cost hundreds of dollars in excursions. So there's a lot of choice involved here. And depending on what you like to do for fun, your costs can vary wildly. You could walk around the port and not spend a dime, uh, or you could do your part to help stimulate the local economy and drop hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, really it varies so much. And, how much you estimate for how much a cruise is going to cost is going to depend on the ports. What you have to do is you have to look at each port you're going to visit, going back to that the cruise that you you picked, right? And step one, which is your cruise fare. Go look at the ports you're going to visit. Go look at excursions that Royal Caribbean offers. Go to sites like TripAdvisor and figure out what's popular to do there. Maybe you want to do something on your own and kind of have an idea of what to expect to pay. The cost of excursions will vary. In the Caribbean, usually an excursion will cost you about $40 to $50 per person. Again, that price... That I just said it can vary well. You can spend hundreds of dollars. You can spend like ten bucks. I mean, it. I'm trying to give you a ballpark estimate of what most average excursions will cost you. Organized tours usually you're in the forty fifty dollar range. In Alaska, you I think you heard in last week's or yeah last week's episode we were talking about Alaska and we were talking about uh, the plane tours, which I think my good friend Stephanie said something it was like in the ballpark of six to eight hundred dollars per person. I mean that that's for you know a plane tour of or helicopter tour whatever it was of, of glaciers that's obviously on the high end of things but this is the point is that excursions 
are one of those factors, X factors in pricing that is just going to vary so much. And what you figure out for your cost is going to differ from what someone else figures out for their cost. But it's totally up to you. You don't have to do any excursions. and But the price is going to vary depending on what you pick. But it's an important thing to figure out in terms of what is going to be of interest to you. And certainly, I think... When you're on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and a cruise in general, forget Royal Caribbean, just any cruise, the destinations your cruise ship goes to are a big part of the vacation. That's what makes cruising so much fun is that you pack your bags once, you go to sleep, and you wake up, and you're somewhere else, right? You're still on the same ship, but you're you know, you're know, in a different port. You're in a different country, literally, and you have a whole different experience, and then the next day, you get to do it all over again. You're somewhere else, and that's what's so fun about it. So excursions are a big part of that. Now, we've listed a lot of things here. We've talked about the cruise fare, gratuities, food and drink, transportation, excursions, but there's more. There's a lot more. And you you can do spa services, gym classes. You can buy souvenirs. You can purchase the internet on board. These are just some of the things you can do on a Royal Caribbean cruise. You can go do backstage tours. There are private lessons you can do. You can go gamble and spend a lot of money or whittle back a lot of money, depending on your perspective. My wife tends to think I'm going to lose a lot of money there. But nonetheless, you have the option of doing all those things. And again, this is why I'm hoping that at the very least you're saying, okay, now Matt, I understand why you can never answer the question, how much does a Royal Caribbean cruise cost? It all depends. It all depends on all these things. How much are you going to willing, willing, able, and want to do? That's really the, the heart of it. And figuring these things out can vary. So I think what really you want to do if, if I can offer my advice, is you want to figure out the base cost of your cruise. Forget the extras I just mentioned for a second, right? Go take a step back. Figure out your, your cruise fare. That's an easy one. Transportation, fairly easy as well. You're going to have to know if you're going to, you know, if you, if you live in, in New York and you're going on a cruise out of Galveston, odds are you're flying, right? Odds are you're going to need a hotel. Odds are you may need even a, a rental car. So easy things to figure out. You got that. Gratuities, everyone's going to pay them. Figure that one out as well, and you should pay that as well. So there's an easy one to figure out. Food and drink, okay, now you're getting into that into that gray area. But even then, I think you're going to be able to figure out, is a drink package worth it for you? Hey, that's a good afternoon exercise in figuring out what's going to be best for you. And you don't have to make the decision right now, but you can at least look into that. Dining as well, that's something that you have. That's what's. This is what you fill in that time between when you book your cruise and your actual cruise. Say, Matt, what am I going to do between that now and then? Well, food and drink is a big one. Excursions as well is you've got time to figure these things out. And But before you get to food and drink and excursions, really the gratuities, transportation, and cruise fare are three easy ways to figure out what is the ballpark cruise cost. And this is something easily a spreadsheet can help you with and figure out. And then you have a good idea of what to expect for your cost. Now, above and beyond that, food, drink, excursions, some of those extras like gym classes, souvenirs, you know, these are things you can factor in. In fact, the food and drink excursions and all those extras I mentioned, these are things you can actually fi- factor as just the cost of your cruise onboard spending, right? I do this quite often. Before we go on a cruise, my wife and I will say, well, how much money should we budget for this? What we do is we actually take cash out of our of our bank account, bring it with us on the ship. And we still obviously have the credit card as backup, but we kind of factor, well, this is how much we're going to spend, right? And throughout the cruise, we will take that money, deposit it in guest services. That way we have a budget of what we know we're going to work with. And you'll you'll have a good idea of what to expect. So doing this, ex- going through this exercise, figuring out, well, what restaurants do I want to dine at? Well, I know I really want to eat a Chops Grill because it's going to be our anniversary on night three. And I really want to get the drink package because I know that I'm going to drink easily four or five drinks by the pool alone. 
well, then there you go. You get, a, you get the drink package there. You know, you can start to figure these things out. And obviously, the next step is say, oh, how about I help spread these costs out and book it now and take advantage of it? You know, there are things you can do to alleviate the total cost. And this is really the exercise. This is how everyone really figures out how much does a Royal Caribbean cruise cost. And the answer is always going to be, as I said at the top of the episode, it depends. And what we all, what you figure out when you're listening to this and you do this math is different than I'm going to figure out and different than someone else is going to figure out. And how much money you should bring on the cruise, again, totally differs based on everyone's experience. So it's really about, I think, about com- compartmentalizing all of this. And I think I just butchered that word. But figuring out, okay, how much is this? How much is this? How much is this? Adding it all up and having at least a ballpark idea based on what you want to do on your Royal Caribbean cruise. Hello, my friends, and welcome to our listener questions. This is the part of the show where I get a chance to answer your emails. I love doing this. I love getting a chance to talk Royal Caribbean with each and every one of you, and this is our virtual way of doing it, really. Let's start with an email from George who writes, Love the show. The signing bonus on a future cruise, does the credit have to be used on your current cruise or the future sailing, or can you split it between the use part of it on your current cruise and on the next cruise? And do you have to pick a specific cruise? Thanks for some interesting info to get me excited about my future sailing. Great question, George. You're talking about the next cruise option, which is where you're on a Royal Caribbean ship and you go to the next cruise office and book another Royal Caribbean cruise. And part of the reason, the big reason why you want to do that and why it's a really good idea is because you're going to get essentially free money for doing it. Royal Caribbean is going to give you a booking bonus for rebooking on board. It's kind of their way of saying, well, thank you for taking a cruise and for investing in another cruise. So let's start with the let's start with two options. Number one, you have the option of picking a specific sailing or picking an open sailing. An open sailing means you're just going to get a certificate. It's not for any specific sailing, but it's just a certificate that's basically good for something in the future. These used to be my go-to options. I love these ideas, but 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 they've been watered down in the last couple of years. Meaning the amount of onboard credit you get is significantly less than picking a specific sailing. So, with that in mind, I don't recommend getting it because the amount of onboard credit you get for the open booking is just not worth it. What you should do, even if you don't have a specific sailing in mind, is still book a specific sailing. The reason is because the amount of onboard credit you get is significantly more. And even if you don't have a specific sailing you want, just book something well in advance. Pick something, just tell the next cruise agent, look, I don't really have anything I have specifically I want. You know, either pick something that sounds mildly amusing to you or just pick something way in the future book it and then you have time to go and transfer you can always change your mind but you can't cancel that's the one caveat to the next cruise is the amount you're putting down your deposit amount is non-refundable so as long as you know you're going to take a royal caribbean cruise in the future it really doesn't matter there's no risk real or significantly less risk involved so you know with that in mind that's why i always recommend these booking a specific selling now if you know what you're going to book you have a pretty good idea of it. I mean, you don't have to again you don't have to be married to this date it's just a placeholder and you can always change your mind later and be able to have the booking bonus follow you you can change your mind later now the question the first part of the question was well that booking bonus i'm talking about does it have to be used on your current cruise or future cruise and can you split it so the option is either or you can either take it on your current sailing or you can defer it to your next sailing you can't split it i don't in fact i never asked if you can split it i'll be perfectly honest with you but it's my understanding that you either have to pick current sailing or next sailing I'm a big fan of, of deferring it to your next sailing. The reason is you already paid for the sailing. You already figured out the cost, right? Going back to the beginning of this episode, you already budgeted. You already paid for this cruise, right? And unless you went crazy 
with your onboard spending and you're looking for a way to help reduce that fare because you're not sure how you're going to pay it off, which is probably a bigger problem than this, uh, I would say that you're, I think, in my mind, I'd rather have that money to look forward to on your next cruise and be able to use it then. So, but it's up to you. Everyone does it differently. Basically, what the Royal Caribbean is going to do is say, depending on the length of your cruise you book and the stateroom category you book and how far in advance you're booking your cruise, it will give you a certain amount of onboard credit for doing so on board. And that's why I just, it's free money is what it is. And it, they'll be, you'll still be able to take advantage of pretty much any Royal Caribbean promotion that's out there. So if there's a wow sale, a BOGO deal, kid sale free, whatever deal that's out there, you can still take advantage of it and the onboard booking bonus. That's what makes it so lucrative. And that's why I'm such a big fan of doing it. Yet as long as you know, you're going to take a, another Royal Caribbean cruise at some point. I think it's a great option because you get free money. And on top of it, you can also use it for, hey, our Royal Caribbean blog group cruises. Hey, yeah, snuck in that shameless plug there. Of course, we've got three great, 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 great group cruises coming up. If you want more details about them, I will, of course, link to them in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com or just go to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events. There are three great cruises on three different ships to three great desti- uh, three different itineraries, I should say. Many, many more than three destinations. But uh, it's going to be an awesome time. And I'm inviting every single one of you to join us for it. Even Michael Poole, who is listening to this, I know, and smiling to himself while drinking his sweet water beer. He definitely is invited. And all of you are. In fact, you, I, I've said this from day one. I consider each and every one of you my friends. And I want you to join me on a cruise. That's what That's what friends do, right? They cruise together. Friends cruise together, and I want you to join me on a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. So go to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events for more information about it. And George, I hope this answered your question there about how the next cruise booking bonus kind of works there. Next, we have an email from Anthony Markham on Facebook who writes, Matt, hope you had a great trip. I was on Navigator Seas the week before with Josh and Beth. I hadn't cruised in 11 years, so the experience was quite interesting. Amazing how they how there's a downturn in general dining and in some areas in customer service. This is my first cruise as a gold member. Love Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor perks. I've already booked a 12-night Hawaiian relocation cruise for my next uh, for next year for my 40th birthday. I'm a loyal Royal Caribbean cruiser, and I can say it was great seeing Josh and Beth get beyond their Disney bias. Thanks for listening, and I appreciate the work you do on the blog. Be well and happy sailings. P.S. Happy to write for your blog if you want a reporter on the relocation cruise next year. Anthony, love it. Thank you so much for the message. And yes, I absolutely would love a reporter. Of course, that's what's great. The message boards, I'm trying to... Uh, get people to start posting on there their their reports their live blogs on there so anthony i would love to have your your assistance there and anthony has some common friends with me uh beth and josh he's referring to are two friends of mine that were big on disney just like me this is how i started i used to cruise on disney cruise line exclusively i came to royal caribbean loved it never looked back and i think that they're kind of on that way as well so i'm hopeful that they're going to join anthony and i in being you know Big Royal Caribbean fans, and uh, big big shout out to Josh and Beth and Anthony for the uh, great email. And I, I know they had a great time on Navigator of the Seas as well. So that sounds great. And Anthony, twelve night Hawaiian relocation cruise, dude. That is the way to celebrate your fortieth birthday. I'm gonna give you a big thumbs up. You can't see it, but trust me when I'm telling you, I'm giving you a big thumbs up right now. <laughs> Next, we have an email from Raymond the Leech Razor Ray on Periscope and the Twitters. 
and Ray adds, I just wanted to email you some bullet points of my observations on my very first Royal Caribbean cruise on the Oasis of the Seas, Eastern Caribbean, with the ratings from 1 to 10, with 10 being great. Number one, embarkation. This is extremely easy. We showed up around 9.45 a.m. with zero lines and on board before 11.30 a.m. in our rooms at 1 o'clock, rating 10 out of 10. Number two. Windermere Cafe, very busy on all days, especially for breakfast and lunch, with very long lines to be seated. The food selection was pretty good, but not great. But the staff working inside the Windermere were very good at cleaning dirty tables and changing them over. Food rating 6 out of 10, service 8 out of 10. Main dining room, dining, we had our dinners at the same table and same time every night. Therefore, we had the same waiters every night. Our team of waiters were not the greatest, as they often... Uh, as they often, even on days five and six, were confusing the food orders with our table of ten, we often had to switch plates after they had placed in front of us. These same waiters, however, were very friendly and made sure we had more than enough buns and sodas that we could ever drink. Food rating, nine out of ten. Service, seven out of ten. Cabin's balcony ocean view. Our cabin had was great, even more storage space than, and the beds were very comfortable. Our room attendant was fantastic, getting our largest tip of the week, making our stay comfortable and relaxing. Cabins, 9 out of 10. Service, 10 out of 10. Sea days. This ship was as smooth as any ship could be while traveling across the open sea. And even the couple in our group that gets a little seasick on sea days didn't have any issues on this cruise. Many times, comments were made how smooth the trip the ship travels. The activities in the spa were fantastic, with tons of chairs around the pool, and we didn't need to wake up that early and throw towels over my chairs. My wife hit every hot tub, which there were uh, on board many different times. Rating them for my sea days were 10 out of 10. Entertainment, the Oasis was filled with great shows, with unbelievable production. However, three of the main shows had technical difficulties, halting the shows to a stop within 5 to 10 minute delays. Too bad because these shows were uh, got people on the edge of their seats with the dangerous diving the aqua shows and the high flying show come fly with me. Rating was for the entertainment was seven out of ten. Easily could have been ten out of ten. In terms of nightlife, this was some of the best times on board with parties, casinos, bars, and parades. Ten out of ten. Disembarkation. This was the same as embarkation, about as smooth as a process you could ask for. Ten out of ten. And just some quick notes I wrote down as the week passed by way too quickly. Drink package, ten drink deal is done on a piece of paper that was pretty rough shape after only the first day. And don't get it near a pool. It cost $93 with gratuities included. Cool. Overall, the ship was uh, understaffed for the amount of travelers on board. Um, and it, it was seems like thumpty, sometimes things were not cleaned in a reasonable amount of time. No clocks in the rooms. This didn't bother me, but did annoy some of our older travelers. Music overall was too loud everywhere on the ship, specifically in the main dining room, when we often had to shout at each other over dinner. We missed many announcements from the captain, which was good if you were napping, but if you wanted to hear what was going on, it was a little difficult to hear. I'm happy to say I am now a loyal Royal Caribbean customer and have, atta- and have three upcoming cruises booked, including the group cruise in 2017 and Harmony in April 2018. Ray, love the comments. Thank you so much for the great bullet points. I think this is going to be very helpful, in fact, for folks that are looking to do something similar and... I was I, the th- my takeaway from this. Everything you said, I kind of was nodding my head to. The thing that was I'm more, most interested to hear about was that ten drink savings card. I experienced the same thing on Navigator of the Seas, and uh, I thought, as someone who does not like the drink package, the drink savings card, however, is wonderful, and I love that because the reason why I love it is because I can share it with my wife the benefits of it, and we'll make out like bandits on that thing. <laughs> so, uh, if you ever see a drink savings card and you're not on a drink package, it's not offered on all cruises. In fact, not even offered on all sailings. But if you do see it, definitely take advantage of it because I think more than likely, because you can share it, it's very hard to go wrong with because it helps bring down the cost of your drinks significantly. In Ray's case, $93 for 10 drinks, so that's what, $9.3 per drink. 
when cocktails usually cost at least ten dollars and not closer to twelve dollars in many cases that's that's a, a great savings right there so ray thank you so much for the email love it Let's keep things rolling with our next email. It's from Kristen who writes, Hope all is well with you. Loving your weekly podcast and your last top tier episode had me thinking about my dining plans on Harmony. We have my time dining and so far have dinner reservations for Chops, Izumi, and Sabor. I do want to eat in the main dining room for a few nights. It's been years since my last cruise and I really do enjoy the atmosphere in the main dining room. That being said, there are so many more restaurants I would love to try like Wonderland, Jamie's Italian, and possibly 150 Central Park. I was wondering, in your opinion, which one of these would you consider to be the best lunch options? We have three sea days, so what would be the ideal rotation for specialty dining, lunch, and dinner, with leaving two to three nights open for the main dining room? Thanks for all you do. The information you put out there on the blog and podcast really are a great deal of help in planning to get the most out of your cruise experience. Kristen, great question, and Chris is alluding to something that I had said uh, in, in another form of media for the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders. And the Insiders are folks that contribute to Royal Caribbean Blog financially, and they get some pretty cool rewards for doing so, including one of the perks for certain folks that are insiders. They actually get bonus podcast episodes. And in one of them, I talked about things that I wouldn't do on another Royal Caribbean cruise. And I really questioned the idea of having dining in the main dining room on an Oasis-class ship just because... I feel like there's so many great options on Oasis-class ships, including Harmony of the Seas, that I just don't know. I'd, I'd rather say the main dining room experience for other ships in the fleet. And, you know, when in Rome, in this case, when on Harmony or Oasis or Allure, just indulge in the specialty dining, which I absolutely love. And so the, your question of trying to mix it all in, it can definitely be done. I think uh, in terms of your three options you have there, uh, Wonderland, Jamie's Italian, and 150 Central Park. I know that 150 Central Park and Wonderland, at least on the Quantum-class ships, well, 150 Central Park does not do lunch. Wonderland on the Quantum-class ships did not do lunch. Jamie's Italian, which replaced Giovanni's table, did do lunch. So I'm assuming Jamie's Italian is still open for lunch. You can work that in the easiest restaurants to get in for lunch on Harmony of the Seas are going to be easily Johnny Rockets, Sabor. That's a big one right there. That's an easy one to get in for lunch, in fact. And definitely Izumi on Sea Days. And of course, all these are almost all on Sea Days, so we should probably qualify that. Uh, you can definitely work in some of the restaurants during lunch, and Chris, that's a great strategy, in fact. It's just that certain restaurants, like Chops Grill, as an example, are not open during lunch. Sea Days are not, so it's kind of it becomes a little more difficult especially considering that and i'm going to use giovanni's table as an example even though it's not on harmony of the seas but giovanni's table on oasis class ships in fact all ships they have a different menu for lunch and dinner slightly different i should say but there are some things that are missing on lunch like the steak is really good that's only available on dinner and actually conversely the lasagna is not available on the dinner menu but is available on the lunch menu so there are situations where you might say i really would rather eat at you know, at the restaurant for dinner, or I'd rather eat there for lunch. So it kind of makes it a little more difficult. Sabor is by far the easiest. It's simple. <laughs> There's no issues with the menu does not change, and it's it's pretty straightforward. Johnny Rockets, the same thing as well. Those are two easy ones to work in for lunch. But I think it really depends on how much you you want to dine at specialty dining, Kristen, in terms of can you work in two to three days in the main dining room for dinner? Absolutely. I did it on, on Allure. Granted, I probably would have traded one or two of those days, I probably would have eaten at Chops Grill for sure. And I would have eaten at the Solarium probably for another one. Of course, that's the Brazilian restaurant. And then probably would have said, ah, what's one night? I'm going to go eat somewhere else and maybe go to Giovanni's table, which I didn't get to do 
on that cruise at all. So it really depends on what you're what you're what want to do. But the lunch options are somewhat limited. There are some out there. Check the cruise compass, of course, for what you're looking to what may benefit you the most. But there are some definitely some ways you can get around it. I, again, it depends on how much you're looking to do and how much specialty dining is is up your alley. But it's a great question, Kristen. And certainly, on any Royal Caribbean cruise, you should keep this in mind that some of the specialty restaurants are open for lunch. They do come with a less cover charge during lunch. That's a nice option. So you can save a little bit of money in, in the, with that strategy. And second, you get to work in more restaurants without compromising your main dining room experience for those of us that enjoy the main dining room. So it's good. Uh, it's a good email, though, Kristen. Thank you. Next up, we have an email from Perry who writes, uh, Matt, I enjoy your blog and comments. My family's going on an adventure of the seas, leaving San Juan July 30th. Our family of 11 people, ranging from one and a half years old, our granddaughter, to 85 years old, my mother-in-law. This cruise will take us to St. Martin and St. Kitts. I would be interested in your driver for St. Martin. Can you please provide the contact information along with some kind of a cost? We've done your St. Kitts Island tour with Theniford Gray. Not sure about the adults liking the train tour. Any additional thoughts on this tour of this island? Appreciate your help. Perry, great question. First of all, you've got a great group. You're going to some nice islands. I love them, in fact. And let's talk about St. Martin. I'm going to actually email you, Perry, the contact information. I'm not too keen on sharing phone numbers over a podcast. I don't know. Call me crazy. I mean, it's, I mean, for, in this case, we're talking about uh, a taxi driver I've used many, many times in St. Martin. His name is Leo Brown. He's amazing, wonderful, great. I've, I've waxed poetically about him uh, many other episodes, uh, but he's great, and I will send you, Perry, by the time you listen to this, you've already forgotten the email with the phone number in there, so no worries about that. That'll be taken care of. In terms of cost, a lot of people ask me, how much does Leo charge? And the answer is, I, it, it kind of depends. He's a very modest man, and he offers, a, I think, a fairly low fee, to be honest with you. I think he, I think he undersells himself in terms of what he can charge for the experience. Uh, but it depends what you want to do also. Are you looking for like two hours? Are you looking for six hours? Are you looking for to drive all over the island? Are you looking to go to one beach? You know, it kind of depends. So tell them what you're looking to do. Ask for a quote. I mean, there's no harm in saying, oh, okay, no, thank you. You know, or I'll call you back or something like that. I think he completely understands that. So definitely not a bad strategy to, to say the least. Now, in terms of saying kits... I have not done the island tour that you had mentioned. I did do a train tour, which was on a old-timey sugarcane train. It's actually the last train fixed whatever trains that there's, there's a term for, and I can't think of what it is, but it's the last train in the West Indies that's that's still running. And it's kind of interesting. I did that tour. I'll, I'll post a link, a full review, in fact, uh, on our show notes at royalcommandblog.com so you can see the whole review of everything I did there. It was a fun experience. It was great about it is you get to see the countryside. I mean, you're not, I was actually expecting to go through kind of more through more residential areas, but in fact, there was a lot more of the countryside. You just, you're going by, you're going through a lot of areas that are just nothing in there, but it kind of makes sense. This train was built to bring sugarcane from the fields to the distribution center, the processing area, and then it would go on its way. So it gives you a very different view of it, a very cool area. Uh, it was very easy. Certainly we had young children, had no problems, you know, because all you have to do is you're, you get on a bus the bus brings you to the train you get on the train you're sitting down the entire time there's literally no walking except for getting from the ship back to the to the bus i mean that's that's really it there's no why so it's very very easy and certainly with the age range you're talking about uh that's not a problem but of course uh you're worried about maybe some other options there st kitts was interesting and now granted i've only been there one time and we did when we got after our train tour, we got back to the port area because the bus, that's what the bus brought us back. And my wife and I attempted to walk outside the port area and explore a little bit, 
But A, there wasn't a whole lot around there. In fact, not a lot, not within walking distance. And B, it was really hot. So I just said, forget it. We're just going back to the port area because we were tired. We were done. I think there are definitely lots of great options there. I think it does require planning. This is not like a Cozumel or a Grand Cayman or a Nassau where you can kind of just get off the get off the ship, walk around, and kind of wing it in that regard. I think it does require Perry some research, essentially, and kind of figure it, making plans, whether it's through Royal Caribbean or through, through a third party. I think you can find some great ideas to do. And my advice to you, Perry, and this is what I would do the next time I go back to St. Kitts, is go on a place like TripAdvisor and start looking around and kind of eyeballing what's available. One of the options we had considered, and this might be up your alley, I'm not sure if it is, Perry, but there is a website called resortforaday.com. This is a great resource for almost anywhere in the Caribbean where basically they sell day passes. And they have a day pass. We consider this one strongly. It's the Marriott Resort and Royal Beach Casino. It's $59 per person. Essentially, it's an all-inclusive resort. 59 bucks is really not bad at all. And it includes uh, the use of the Whirlpool. There's a kids club, free Wi-Fi, the pools, which is what we're really considering. Uh, it does not include... The food and drink are available for purchase, which means it's for $59, it does, even though I said it's all-inclusive, it's not. It's just the facilities. You still have to pay extra for drink and food, which is fine with me. I wasn't looking, I was looking at it because I wanted a place that we could go and relax and just take it easy and enjoy pools, facilities, air conditioning when we needed it, nice, clean restrooms, and, of course, the beach. So that might not be a bad idea if you're looking for a nice beach pool day, because the great thing is, with all ages, some people like the beach, some people like the pool, some people like sitting in air conditioning and checking Wi-Fi. Whatever you want to do, maybe a mixture of all three, this seems like a good option. So I will post a link in the show notes to this, uh, the Marriott Resort and Royal Beach Casino in St. Kitts. Honestly, if I was going back tomorrow, that's probably what I would consider doing as a really strong possibility. Let's put it that way. So, Awesome, Perry. Good email, though. I love talking ports. I love talking about excursions there. And let's wrap up this episode with one more email. we got one more to go. All right. Last email of the day is from Anthony, who writes, My wife and I sailed Adventure this season last February from San Juan. We arrived in San Juan a day early in case we encountered bad weather traveling from the northeast. We had a nice dinner at Old San Juan and were nicely rested to board the ship the following day. When we returned home, we were so excited about the fun we had visiting the Southern Caribbean Islands that we booked Adventure again before leaving the cruise. So, cruise-minded, I have somehow found your blog when I got home and subscribed to the podcast. Here are a few random questions. I noticed on the pool deck just in front of the bar, there were three tiers of deck chairs with gold towels on the lounges and movie theater-type ropes blocking entrance. How do you qualify for those? I'll go, let's go question by question here. So, Anthony, great question. And first of all, welcome. Glad you found the blog found the podcast even better glad you're here and sending emails man you're nailing it right here all right so on to your question what is up with those deck chairs and the gold towels and lounges well it's all for sweet guests actually you have to be a sweet guest staying in a grand suite or higher royal caribbean on pretty much every ship that i can think of right now has these areas roped off so that those who are staying in suites have a special area just for them so book a grand suite or higher and you can enjoy these areas to yourself Anthony continues, I have heard Adventure is going through a refurbishment in fall 2016. Do you have any idea what the upgrades will be? On the last cruise, there was only one specialty restaurant, Giovanni Stable. Do you think more will be added? Every show I hear you talk about Sabor and Izumi, I was just wondering. Ah, Sabor and Izumi. Oh, I'm hungry now. Okay, anyway, back to your question. Uh, yes, we do actually have some prelim- preliminary details about the changes coming to Adventure of the Seas. Uh, I'll link you in the show notes once again uh, at royalcrimmingblog.com. Anthony, you can go check it out there. A list. There are some, it seems like Chops Grill is definitely coming there. And you've got Izumi as well. And there's actually, it looks like some water slides are coming as well. I'll post a link. You can go read it all for yourself and, and see. It looks pretty exciting, I got to say. The, the reason why I'm 
I'm pretty confident the source that it comes from is from Royal Caribbean. Uh, the thing is, it has been officially announced by Royal Caribbean. I know, it's kind of weird. It's one hand. It's a case of one hand not knowing what the other hand is doing. But that being said, once they announce it, I mean, I'll you know talk in much more certainty about it. But that being said, I have I would bet money on these changes, to be honest with you, just because of where the source is on this one. But uh, I'll post a link there. You can read all about it. And it looks pretty cool. I am very tempted to go check Adventure of the Seas purely because of this refurbishment. Refurbishment. All right, Anthony's got one more question. Finally, since we are, have booked another cruise on Adventure for February 2017, do I need to worry that the refurbishment will take longer than expected and my cruise will get canceled, as that seems to have happened recently within, with other ships? Keep up the great work. I enjoy listening while on my daily work drive. It makes the drive fly by. Awesome. So that's a great question. And the thing is, I would tell you no. I know there's been some well-documented uh, issues and delays and cancellations due to refurbishment work, but that was centered around essentially Empress of the Seas, which is a ship that was out of Royal Caribbean's fleet, coming back in, and that's a whole different ballgame altogether. What Adventure of the Seas is getting is work that other ships in the fleet have been getting, routine, regular, regularly scheduled uh, refurbishment work. And this is something that's been that's been done on many, many, many ships in the fleet. And in fact, it's what's what happened with Empress is the exception, not the norm. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. I think what you're going to find with Adventure is should be really right on target. I don't think that'll be a problem. Now there will be. Let me let me put it this way. Let me and let me give you one caveat to all this, which of course is that they're at. If if you're to believe the post that I posted on there, they're adding water slides. And if anybody knows about water slides, based on some recent ships that have gotten water slides, like Liberty of the Seas, sometimes there can be some delays in terms of that. Now, you're going in February 2017. The work is being done in October, late October, early November 2016. That'll be plenty of time. I really don't think you'll have any issues with that. Uh, but sometimes some work does carry over from when the ship resumes service, depending on what the work is and some other factors. But it's not... I think by the time you go, Anthony, I think you'll be perfectly fine. I, I I wouldn't worry about it one bit. So, good information. Thank you for for the email. I'm, I love talking about all the different things. And hey, I want to hear from you as well. I love emails from Anthony and Kristen and sometimes Michael Poole and and all of you folks out there. I love these emails. Do me a favor. Send me a, an email right now. Send me a question, comment, a thought. Maybe you read something on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com and you wanted to talk about it. This is your venue. Uh, my email is Matt M A T T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com love talking with all of you and thank you so much for listening to the podcast this is the best part of my week is getting to talk right here on the podcast about everything about Royal Caribbean that's the best part of my day so thank you all so much and until next time I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again very soon